The meeting of two minds on the Badger Shelf. We'll set the world to rights and try to find more Badger puns. Welcome to the Badger Shelf. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Badger Shelf. Oh. We are back for episode seven. And in a shocking twist, we're not actually going to talk about TV or films or games this week. We've diversified. Diversification. There's a much bigger word than you thought you'd hear on this podcast. (laughs) No, this week we're actually going to be talking about jokes, practical and otherwise. Throughout history and in more modern occurrences. Hopefully not just the fact that people keep telling us this podcast is a joke. Mm. <laughs> and not a very practical one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mostly the update mm-hmm. schedule, but we're working on it. Yes. I think we're getting better. I think we've uh, had a little more efficiency of it late. It entirely depends on when this episode comes out. True. <laughs> that, that statement will either be wonderfully accurate or horrendously ironic. We just don't tell people when we record. That's a secret. That is a secret. And then we do horrible things by dating it and like saying things like, oh, it's September next week, isn't it? Mm. And then not <laughs> releasing the episode until November. Yes. That, not advised. <laughs> not advised at all. It's not in the playbook. Mm. However, that, that uh, we could just claim it was an all a practical joke. Couldn't we? It's like the twist episode. We're very meta. Very. This is all part of the theme. Very meta. Like the uh, the horrible endings episode where I forgot to put an ending in. <laughs> it was a great ending. It was a fantastic uh, ending. It was a cliffhanger. <laughs> well, it kept everyone coming back for more, didn't it? You're still here, aren't you? Seven episodes in. What Which... are you doing? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're going to talk about some pranks. Pranks! So you'll be well-versed. Prank Sinatra. Prank Sinatra, indeed. You'll be well-versed in being on the receiving end of some pranks. Because of this horrendous roommate you had. Flatmate, even. (laughs) Because we're not American. (laughs) Roommates? If, yeah, anyone listening who is... A, who knows Andrew and I has heard the stories. They are aware of the torment that is existence with this man. That is slander. <laughs> it may well be uh, accurate, but it is slander. True. I will see you in court, sir. Damn right you will. I mean, <laughs> I did used to kill all the lights in the flat and then just hide somewhere waiting to jump and just absolutely scare the life out of you. It wasn't spooky in the slightest. Not at all spooky. Not at all spooky. Living on edge. <laughs> there was a time where I hadn't realised you'd actually left the flat and all the lights were off and I assumed that you were hiding somewhere and you weren't even in the bleeding place. That's how conditioned I'd got. Oh, You know it's a good prank when it causes years of psychological trauma. 
I still can't go to the toilet in the dark. <laughs> it was a, it was the time I hid the the TV remote on top of the oh my god the ceiling light, <laughs> and then went home for Christmas for two weeks. Ugh. <laughs> Torment. Torment, you you returned home to a traumatised young man. I've searched the whole flat, Andrew. I'm sorry, I've lost the remote. <laughs> oh, here's where I put it. No! <laughs> Even if you saw it there, you never would have been able to reach. There wasn't a step stool in the land that could have helped me reach that high. You're not wrong. It kept me on my toes. It made Ooh. every day an adventure. <laughs> a lovely adventure you could tell your therapist all about. Well, it pays somebody's bills. It certainly does. Certainly does. My goodness. But yes, I, those, I, those, you those, know, those were I hope good. That you... Oh dear, talking right over each other. <laughs> well. Those were good pranks, I thought, because they were spontaneous and exciting and hilarious to me and they were done just purely for our own entertainment and you know what i'm going to start slagging off now don't you oh dear the absolute shite baggery you see as pranks on the likes of tiktok or instagram the modern day pranker is it so many of these channels that ailey watches some of them and you see their old stuff and it actually looks quite funny and it actually looks quite authentic. But now they're needing to get new content out every other day or every week. And it's just so bad. Like, th these guys are not paid to be writers. And you can clearly see why. Oh, so Not bad. actors either. Oh, God, I. It's the couples ones that tend to be the worst. Yeah, like, where they're uh, just tormenting each other. Like if those were legitimate, half the stuff they were doing, that'd be in court. Oh my god! Yeah, grounds for divorce. <laughs> grounds for friggin' jail. Some of them, the things they're doing. Definitely. But I always get very upset at the ones where somebody ruins someone else's food. I always think they're a step too far. There are some lines a man does not cross. There are some things in this good green earth that are sacred. And ruining a man's freshly bought hamburger is too far. What's worse? Too far. What's worse to me is the ones you see where someone does a prank and then hundreds of other wee accounts go out and try to replicate it. Uh, so not only are they being little shite bags, they're not even being original little shite bags. <laughs> no. Like you saw that one person who like went to McDonald's and got an ice cream and picked it up, so like squashed it with his hand and took it out. And then so many people just copied that. Yep. The first one was funny. The rest of them were just uncomfortable and like... The people they were doing it to were fully aware of what was going on now and were just like, oh my God, these people again. Take the ice cream. 
I saw one video, which was wonderful, where the person did the thing and like grabbed the ice cream and was like, oh my God. And then the McDonald's employee was just looked at them and threw the ice cream into the car and shut the window. That's amazing. And I was like, yes. I love when these people get their weapons. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh. They were all in the car screaming. <laughs> so you get, that's what you get. You try and ruin somebody's day who only gets minimum wage working terrible hours at some fast food restaurant, and you come along in your shiny Mercedes and prank them. It is ridiculous. That's the sort of secret of comedy, isn't it? You're meant to punch up. Never never put people down that don't deserve it, because it just becomes cruel. Yeah, I mean, it's all well and good pranking your pals or pranking family. Uh, I've seen some amazing videos recently of people upsetting their family by revealing they didn't vote for Trump. (laughs) The greatest prank of all. You thought I was a racist, but no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, like pranking someone who's like a captive audience who's working a job they're like Let's face it, no one grows up dreaming of working at McDonald's. Yeah. If you do, then I apologise for that previous statement, but have a good, long, hard look at yourself in the mirror. It's people that are doing what they have to do, and they're working hard, and they're just trying to make the best of it. Yeah. And you're and just... These people. Yeah. You know these people, they, they, they do it on the McDonald's employees because they don't have friends they can actually prank. <laughs> a very good point. Because the sort of awful person that does this. So why would anyone be friends with them? <laughs> They've turned everyone else against. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. Yes. Any any of these ones that cause you know sort of damage or physical harm or any of these ones are just too far. They're, they're not funny anymore. You know, a prank should be a giggle. It should be a laugh. It should be light-hearted and entertaining. It shouldn't involve bees. It should, nothing should involve bees. Very, very few things should have bees. Pollination and the production of honey should involve bees. And that should be the <laughs> end of the list. And m- movies. There should be more movies about bees. Nah. Nah, B-movie Seinfeld perfect. needs to do more B-movies. You could never make a B-movie sequel. <laughs> what would you do? Like, set the whole thing on the ocean and call it C-movie. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Yes. You like jazz? It's such a funny film. I actually really do enjoy that. I've only seen it once, and I remember having the best time. It was just so weird. It is so bizarre. It's so weird. Barry B. Benson and a literal human woman. Yeah. And there's the there's the bit where they're in the plane and the plane is gonna crash, but then the bees help the plane. Land. I, I don't understand. It's outrageous. Oh, it's just, yeah. None of it makes any sense. 
greatest. It's such a. It's the greatest art piece of our time. Uh, yeah, well, I'll I'll take your word for it. Dear oh dear, but we're not we're not here to talk about cinematic classics. We've diverted. We've already fallen back into our old tropes. You came here with this fabulous idea to talk about pranks, and I'm talking about B movie, aka the greatest movie of human endeavor or B endeavor. Well, yes, that wonderful teamwork between humans and flying insects. I'm convinced bees were involved in the production of that movie. <laughs> oh, it has that bee-like efficiency. Oh, let's make a beeline to the back onto topic. Oh, I'm <laughs> buzzing to discuss some of these. Oh well. Stripes, I don't know, I'm out, I'm out of bee puns. <laughs> Give me six, six episodes to think of a second badger pun, that's not... I know, good lord. Um, i tell you though. Do, yes. Pranks. Um, pranks. I have, I know every year, when I was younger, I used to look forward to April Fool's Day so much. Because going through school, I would just like, ha ha ha, I now have free reign to be a dick. <laughs> Not only is it allowed, it's expected. <laughs> so I would always go around just, yeah, trying to fool as many people as possible. Causing carnage. And now, now that I'm older, it's not so much something, you know, you do in the workplace. Um, although, to be honest, I, I, um, anyone that works with me will, will attest that I'm just horrendous for it twi- uh, every day of the week. But on April Fool's Day, the great thing that happens is that large corporations' marketing departments get a bit of freedom. Oh my god. And sometimes they come out with the weirdest and funniest things. It can be incredible. Google always has something interesting. I'm having a wee look, actually. I never thought about this before we started talking, so I didn't look any of these up. Well, um, the one that I was always um, rather... Um, One of the best ones that Google has had, and Google always has good April Fool's pranks, was back in 2014, they brought out a video um, claiming that there was a Pokemon game coming out using Google Maps, and it was the concept where you looked at your phone and on Google Maps there would be a Pokemon on the map, and you could go and find it and catch it. And then it was like, <laughs> April Fools! Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> um, and then jump to a few years later when Pokemon Go came out. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And just blew the nation's mind, the world's mind. Everyone was at it. The thing is, right? On April first, twenty ten, Google. Um, added to Street View a feature to toggle the 3D models all over the place. And everyone thought, well, that's just a weird thing that they're doing for the day. And that's still in it, I think. No. Wait, no. I've just had a wee look. Oh, yeah, it's all been moved around, but they still have the 3D images. 
My goodness. Like they have released a few things on April Fool's Day. Ah yes. It was um Gmail. Google Mail was believed to be a hoax because it came out just before midnight on the thirty first of March. Oh my god. Like because yeah, because free web based email with all that storage. Everyone's like, Yeah, nice one. Okay. Moving on. And then it was still there on April second. And people thought, you've gone too far, Google. Gone too far. A couple of years ago, they had the, the where, Where's Waldo, as the Americans call him, on Google Maps. That was amazing. Mm. You have to like, find, find Wally in each scene, and then you get to the next scene, and it's like, ah, you had to clip, get all like the secret bits, and you got special badges from Google. It's just next level. Next level customer involvement. And of course, I was just scrolling through the list there of things they did. And this year they did nothing because 2020 is not a laughing matter. <laughs> yeah, when um, there was a definite lack of the usual April 1st company nonsense this year, I think anything that they were planning was quickly pulled back and everyone went, ah, let's just uh, <clears throat> take a breather, shall we? You're, yeah. you're going through enough. Ah. <sighs> I'm sure I saw some, but I can't remember any of them. I've just seen there. It was in, four years ago. In in twenty seventeen they unleashed they unveiled, sorry, um a special Google Home for use in the garden called Google Gnome. <laughs> which sounds amazing and I would buy that. Oh my god. Oh, like I'm sure they've got people like employed at Google that just sit all year trying to think, right, what can we do? What can we do next April? <laughs> they must have a backlog. All the geniuses that work there. Oh, must do. Must do. There's <laughs> so many things that was meant to be released this year, and they're all like, yeah, you know, I I can wait. Yeah, it's no big deal. This one just like my magnum opus or anything. <laughs> 2021, I suppose. Oh, 2021 better be a good year. Oh, my God. Like, this whole year has been a big April Fool's joke. Oh, don't say that. If we're being pranked, if if this is God pranking us, and at the end, he's going to be like, hey, you should have seen the look on your faces. <laughs> As we all run around, fires burning. Thank you, God. Good one. But yes. I'm trying to have a wee look here at other corporations. Yeah, there wasn't a lot happened this year, to be honest. A lot of people, when they, when they saw Google wasn't taking part, they went, oh, well, we can't take part now. Yeah. They kind of lead the way, googly. I remember last year, like the Telegraph had like this April Fool's Day tracker, where like they were scouring the internet finding what all the companies were doing, and you could just see it all in one list that they kept updating. Oh my goodness! Like they do it, they do it right. Do the Telegraph? It is pretty good. They're doing the Lord's work. I remember. Um, I think I think I'm sure it was on April Fool's Day, but BBC did a. A new segment about the spaghetti trees. Did you ever seen this? 
Oh my god, I've been reading about that. <laughs> oh my god. And it was because it was the BBC and it was like such a trusted newsreader. They were like, well, well it must be true. It can mm. only be true. <laughs> they oh. would never lie. I think as well, spaghetti was was not really a popular thing. Like it wasn't as widespread. And so people were like, that that's legitimate. Where else could this miracle food come from? I was like, oh, oh, that's where it comes from. <laughs> Thank God we now know. It's like, like bananas. Bananas. On a similar note, something that wasn't, like, it wasn't intended as a prank, but could be seen in a similar light, was the original radio broadcast of War of the Worlds. How dare you? I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> Orson Welles bringing a nation to its knees in panic. It's amazing. It is literally one of my favourite stories. It's incredible. Like, because you would in those days. You would listen to the radio and take it as gospel. And if you started hearing news reports on the wireless of friggin' aliens and the end of the world, you'd be freaking out. Oh, that'd be it. That'd be just game over, man. Game over. Like, ah, oh, the fact that it managed to bring Britain to a standstill. Incredible. It is Not a prank, oh. but kind of a prank. I mean... It has all the energy of a prank. It does. It really does. <laughs> so I was reading up on some classic, classic pranks. And there's just one here from the 1400s, which is My word. one of the earliest documented practical jokes, where a, a monk called Thomas Betson uh, hollows out an apple, hides a beetle in it, and convinces some of his fellow monks that the mysteriously rocking about apple is possessed by some sort of demon. <laughs> That's witchcraft. That's knowing your audience. <laughs> I mean, that is a amazing. A gaggle of, of bored, isolated monks locked away in this monastery witnessing a possessed apple and yes. possibly as like the first April uh, like practical joke ever, the 1400s. This is the thing, right? You've they... never seen the likes of such. These were monks. They were sitting there going, Right, lads, this is exactly what we've been training for. <laughs> the fact like, Satan being in an apple was much more expected to them than the thought of a practical joke. Like, it's literally in the first chapter of their book. <laughs> Satan and apples. Boom. Chapter one. The devil uses apples to murder us. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the first thing. Amazing. Even if they were quite a new monk, they knew that much. You know, you're like a couple months into being a monk. You've only read half the Bible. You've not quite gotten your hair cut properly yet. But you see an apple rolling around of its own accord. Mm, that's the devil. Exactly. Apparently, you know 19, 1997 was the origin of the uh, the call to ban dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> Which is that a, recent? 
Well, according to this website, um, but yes. Well, I mean, I believe you, but it's just incredible. Dihydrogen monoxide, for those unaware, is a colourless, odourless chemical which kills thousands of people every year. It must be banned through accidental inhalation. There's actually millions, if not billions, of people in the world who are suffering from a dihydrogen monoxide addiction, and if they don't get any within three or so days, they could even die. These junkies. Indeed. So yes, people are often trying to uh, to ban dihydrogen monoxide, or if you haven't figured it out, it is H2O, also known as water. <laughs> ah, that's one of the scientists out there. Sure, Dave was just sitting there giggling away to himself at the first bit there. <laughs> Dave's chuffed. That's a target audience for that one there, David Donald. Hello. Apparently, in uh, in ninety eight, Burger King unveiled their new left handed Whopper. Oh my god, that is inclusivity gone mad. When they announced it, they said that the new Whopper includes the same ingredients as the original version, but all the condiments have rotated 180 degrees. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. I love it so much. That's the kind of thing you want. You want harmless pranks. You want funny nonsense that makes people go, oh, you guys. Exactly. Well, that's what you want from, like, big companies anyway. You don't want them to be, like, ruining someone's life. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, this is the thing as well. A lot of these big corporations have an incredible uphill battle with PR um, and public relations and all sorts of outward uh, appearances. And so to be able to use a day like April Fool's to win a little um, respect and gain some people on your side is very powerful. A good April Fool's campaign can change a company's prospects. You know, make you feel human and personable about them. Exactly. It, it does It does sort of personify them. And at the end of the day, a lot of these ideas are thought up by very real people in marketing positions that are probably bored out of their minds half the time. They finally got the chance to shine. I found quite a quite a good one here that I'm a fan of. Um, and it's about one of the best-selling erotic books in American history. Um, the Bible? Of course it is. <laughs> um, so raunchy. it was a book. A raunchy Bible. Um, it was a book published in 1969 called Naked Came the Stranger. And it was published by an author called Penelope Ash. Um, and uh, once it had become number four on the New York Times bestseller list, it was exposed as a parody written by 25 journalists from Newsday who'd gotten sick of reviewing bad erotic novels and thought, we're going to write our own. That is amazing. And um, a guy called Mike McGrady um, got 25 other journalists from, the, from, the, uh, from Newsday to each contribute a chapter to this erotic parody novel about a Long Island housewife who suspects her husband is unfaithful and starts cheating on him. And uh, a choice a choice quote from the book 
is uh, after one intimate encounter, a character says, I'd forgotten there was more to life than lawn. Because we all forget from time to time. Of course. Of course. That is it. It got to number four on a New York Times bestseller list. And um, it was all nonsense. All complete and utter boulderdash. Naked came the stranger. What a title! Like some of the like the, the legitimate ones out there are even, like just sound even worse, aren't they? <laughs> now, this is one. I kind of want to track it down. Mm. We should get the badgers to do some research. Find it for us for Christmas. Please don't badgers. Please don't find me naked. Came the stranger. <laughs> Goddamn. Now, one that your your good brother actually cho- drew our attention to earlier. Oh, um, this is what kind of kicked it all off. Yes, this is what. Don't tell him. That's what gave me the idea. We were inspired by the universe. Yeah, John gets no credit. <laughs> <laughs> the Burners Street hoax. Mm. So the Burner Street hoax, according to Wikipedia, was perpetrated by Theodore Hook in Westminster, London, in 1809. That scoundrel. Hook had made a bet with his friend, Samuel Beasley, that he could transform any house in London into the most talked-about address in a week. Which... Mm. Old words. Indeed. So imagine his his friend was thinking, oh, you're going to try like make... A business and try and be really successful, but it's not that easy. I'll take that bet. But no, no. Theodore, who I shall now refer to as Ted. <laughs> uh, Ted Hook. Oh, so Ted said, well, what Ted went and did was he wrote thousands of letters out in the name of uh, Mrs. Tottenham, who lived at 54 Burner Street. Requesting deliveries, visitors, and assistance. Oh my. So it started at five in the morning <laughs> when a chimney sweep arrived um, to sweep the chimneys. The maid who answered the door said, uh, Don't think so, pal. We didn't order one. Um, a, few moments, a few moments later, another sweep presented himself, <laughs> having also received a letter requesting. Requesting a good sweeping. Uh. <laughs> and this carried on all day. There was fleets of carts delivering large quantities of coal. There was wedding cakes, doctors, lawyers, vicars, priests. Just ev- absolutely everything. A-, a dozen pianos. Oh my god. Along with six stout men bearing an organ. Oi, oi. I was going to say, it doesn't really clarify if that's a musical instrument or not. <laughs> Do they share it between them? Oh, dear. There was dignitaries turned up, including the Governor of the Bank of England, oh my. the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Duke of York, and the Lord Ooh. Mayor of London. Was it the grand old Duke of York? It may well have been. It is impossible to know. 
or the somewhat less grand duke. The lesser Duke of York, as he hated <laughs> being referred to. The all right young Duke of York. The bland young Duke of York. <laughs> oh, the bland young Duke of York. <laughs> he had a feud. <laughs> he had a dozen men. <laughs> he marched them up to the top of the street and he marched them down again. <laughs> yes. That's official. It's an official nursery rhyme now. Sing it at schools. We've done it. That's how you know you're... That's how you know you've made it when you've done a nursery rhyme. Oh, yeah. When you've got the kids singing it in the schoolyard. Schoolyard. We're not American. School. Ground. Playground. A. Anyway. Dearie me. (laughs) But yes, apparently. My, um, my... So apparently, Hook and Beasley had stationed themselves in the house directly opposite number fifty-four, and just sat watching the carnage all day long. Yes, I was going to say that's my favourite part of the story. It's amazing. <laughs> they were just over the street going, oh, "What fun!" <laughs> Tally ho, oh, Hook, you rogue! Oh. And the best, my 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 personal favourite part is if you look. If you look up the uh, the Wikipedia entry for the Burners Street hoax, um, Ted Hook proper looks like the sort of 12-year-old boy that would think this is hilarious. You know, he's just got that look about him. A little shit. No idea how old he was, but he looks 12 in that picture. I need to go and investigate. Oh my. How, how do you spell Burner Street? I will send you a link, young man. Oh, I think I've looked at it already. Wikipedia's. Oh my goodness! Look at that foppish rogue. Yeah, <laughs> foppish indeed. He does look about twelve. If Holy he's a day. Moly. The cold eyes of a sociopathic prankster. It's like a shark's he right, eyes. He would be right on TikTok. <laughs> oh God! Look at him smacking that, that ice creams out of McDonald's workers' hands. <laughs> Holy moly. This um this story reminds me of um in The Simpsons when Lisa is babysitting Bart and he phones up and orders all the things to the house. And I wonder if The Simpsons were just making a real deep cut reference to this. Oh, maybe. Because it's probably I mean it's fairly famous. It's on Wikipedia. Well, if and it has probably... a Wikipedia page, why is there a Badger Street <laughs> Wikipedia page? A Badger Street? Sorry, Badger Shelf. Is there a Burner's Shelf? <laughs> we need to set it up. We need the we need the Badger Shelf it up. Oh. Um, there is. But yeah, it w- nothing I wouldn't put it past. Shelf. Nothing for the Badger Shelf on Wikipedia. It's not good enough. Where? What is the point of having rabid fans? Well, this not... this episode is going to be laid out because I'm going to have to make the Badger Shelf Wikipedia page <laughs> before I finish editing the episode. I hope you're all happy with yourselves. You've done this, you listeners, by not making a Wikipedia page for us. <laughs> you have no one to blame but yourselves. I am so upset right now. <laughs> Where is our Wikipedia page? Ma'am. Anyway. <laughs> But yes, that 
is probably my my favorite practical joke of all time. It's um it says in the Wikipedia entry as well that um he, it was reported that he felt it prudent to be laid up for a week or two before embarking on a tour of the country, supposedly to convalesce. The man had to scarper. He had to leg it from London. Well, he was apparently the most wanted man in London at that point. Oh, my God. Like, oh, like the police were involved. Let's face it. If you're the Lord Mayor of London and someone's made you look like an absolute tosspot, (laughs) you're going to, like, unleash the hordes of anyone that does what you say. Yep. String him up, boys. Dear, oh dear. Oh, dear. That. So I'm having a look at. I remember last year being a great year for, for April Fool's pranks. Um, and it is rather amazing. Um, oh. BBC iPlayer. Well, I don't know if this is an actual thing that they did or someone else made it up. But there's a picture here of a BBC iPlayer. You know, like skip the the intro button you get on on these streaming services. Yeah, they had one for skip the sex scene. Uh, for when you're watching hey, with your hey. when you're watching with your parents. Oh, very handy. We'll just skip right past that. Nobody needs that awkwardness. Oh my. Oh my. There's um, one from British Transport Police. That um, said, people eating smelly foods in public conveyances could face fines of up to two grand. <laughs> a picture of a policeman holding a tin of tuna. <laughs> yes, find the bastards. I mean, one hundred percent. I think yes. that should be a thing. Yeah. It is just the worst thing when someone whaps out a bad sandwich train. The indecency of it all. The audacity. Although it's not as bad as coming home, you know, in the old days, on like the last Friday train out of Glasgow City Centre back home. The last and every other bugger. <laughs> yeah, it is like the last chopper outside. Everyone's mental, and every other bugger but me has got a chip supper in their lap. And I'm just raging. Salivating at the smell. Being the only one without a chip supper. I've got the decency to wait till I get home. (laughs) These buggers. Go to the chip counter in your flat. (laughs) Hello! It's just this. Bizarre Middle Eastern man set up shop in your living room. I'd be buzzing. Just constantly got a kebab turning round. Oh, oh, oh. Oh he sees you and it's like, oh, thank God this guy's back. If I wasn't getting so much business for him, I'd I'd, I'd be bankrupt. (laughs) Why do I get no food traffic in this living room? (laughs) This guy's putting my kids through school. The usual, please, I say, as he slices the entire donna into a baguette. A baguette? A baguette what? (laughs) A pizza! 
<laughs> we're, we're getting multicultural up in. Oh, God, wow. Eddie. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. But, yeah, my. I, um, I don't know when I last had a kebab. The, the opportunity doesn't come up now in this, this current situation. Oh, sad times. So I'm just looking at more pranks from last year. There's um, mm. Lego doing a find my brick app. So you like tell it what brick, what sort of Lego to look for, and then scan over your pile of Lego, and it'll highlight uh-huh. the ones you're looking for. Oh my god! And um, McDonald's announced their milkshake sauce pots. What? Oh, that, oh, that sounds awful. And there's also Colmex. oh for the dipping dipping chips in your milkshake. Oh, people do that, don't they? I do that. Yes, some awful people do that. <laughs> some real cretins. Mm. <laughs> and there's also Coleman's mustard custard. Oh my god! Which they sort of advertise as. You can use it to replace gravy and pour it over your roast dinner. Uh... <laughs> Equally delicious with roast beef and parsnips, as it does with a apple crumble or a sticky toffee pudding. Mm. Oh my god. No thank you. No thank you indeed. That is That is even a no from me. Wow, mustard custard. I love mustard, and I love custard. Have you? Uh, I draw, have I you drove a line at KFC this. sauce boat? Oh my god! Um, it, it's sort of a moot point because that's how I eat my KFC anyway. If I on the on the occasion where I get a KFC burger meal, it's getting covered in gravy. And I feel like they've taken my intellectual property, and I would like to sue. We'd all like to sue you for having <laughs> witnessed this. <laughs> that, was, that was the most harrowing sight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> One man grasping hold of his big daddy bear. Gravy dribbling from all sides. Over his fingers <laughs> as he pauses to lick. We, we lick saw we saw an advert. Clean. We saw an advert for this new one with like the hash brown gravy boat. <laughs> and I didn't realise it's it, it's only for delivery just now. Yeah, like KFC's a shut. So Ailey asked, like, oh, so you must have to put the gravy in the boat yourself. And I says, well, I bloody hope so. Like, can you imagine they're, like, stacking it up with a pool of gravy and then this poor <laughs> cyclist having to try and balance it the whole way there? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> unless this is some sort of plan for them to try and kill off the Deliveroo driver cyclists. They're putting an end to Uber Eats. Oh, my. I did see, I did see in the promotional imagery that um, it does seem to come in a little gravy tub. And then you add it yourself. It's ridiculous. But um, basically, you're just getting 
less hash brown because it's indented. I say, don't be a coward. Give me a full hash brown and I'll just do it anyway. You know? Cowards. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am... Um, I mean, that's... There, there's not... I know it's disgusting. It is It is not glamorous. But stuff covered in gravy is delicious. You, with those burgers, describing them as not glamorous has got to be the greatest understatement in the history of the human race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a it's very like elegant... Saying, oh, that Hitler. Oh, he was a wrong one. <laughs> don't, don't refer to my gravy dining in the same breath as Adolf Hitler. There's literally no one else. No one else I could compare that to. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. Let's get let's get off this this topic before I Oh, it's getting it's getting brutal. Um I did, I mean, uh, well, uh, in a similar vein, I, uh, uh, when, when we went out for dinner the other, the other time, um, and I had that sandwich that was French dipped, which means it's been like, it's like a roast beef sandwich that has been dipped in gravy before it's served to you. And that oh. is like a fancy thing. So what's the difference <laughs> between that and what I'm doing? That's only if you think of the French as being fancy. Ah, this is it. Hot cuisine. Hot cuisine. Whereas mine, my my version is hot mess cuisine. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> God. It was, it is something else. Well, anyway. Anyway. I found some more historical pranks. Oh, let's hear them. So... I've got a proper ancient one here. From We're talking ancient Rome on this one here. Um, and it kind of sounds like my experiences living with you, and And <sighs> listeners, pay attention and you'll understand. Um, considered one of the most incompetent Roman emperors, the teenage Elagabalus was, if nothing else, a solid prankster. According to archaeologist Warwick Ball's book, Rome in the East... Elagabalus, I think is his name, routinely seated his more pompous dinner guests on whoopee cushions, in air quotations, that let out a farting noise. This is a quote from his The Archaeologist book. Um, Purportedly, the essay goes on, the emperor also thought it was funny to release snakes in public. Very fun. Um, oh, and yes. even more so... Even more so, one of his favourite stunts, supposedly, was to place a tamed bear, lion, or leopard in the rooms of his sleeping, drunken guests. Because that's fun. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a laugh. I think I now believe nice, in reincarnation. It's a nice bit of horseplay. You are him through the ages. He even looks like you a bit. Oh, could you imagine if There's I had the, the power of a Roman emperor? My God. Oh. I'm going to send you this image of the, the man, bust of the man, and it's uncanny. Unbloody canny. Right, what, what are you sending it to me on? Oh. Uh, you have Facebook, too many channels. Facebook Messenger. 
Facebook Messenger. Other Facebook. social media sites are available. Facebook Messenger. It's literally the only reason I have a Facebook anymore. Yeah. Let's have a look at this chap then. Let's see if he does look anything like me. Not not that I, I mean, have no faith in you whatsoever, but... Um... <laughs> He's lost a bit of his nose, but other than that... Well, haven't we all? Oh, no, I can see that, yeah. It's, it, there's a likeness to it. Handsome. He's chap. a lot... Yes. He's... Um, most pictures of Romans you see are... Um, I don't know, Roman looking. This guy is definitely... There's a bit of Celtic in him. You know, he's got a bit of brawn about him. Bet his ma had a bit of Celtic in her. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, indeed. Oh God! I am um, on on the same website. I found another lovely historical one. This time from uh, Greece, ancient Greece. Oh yeah. Um, a chap called Anthemius of Tral, a fifth-century Greek architect who helped build Istanbul's Hagia Sophia, knew his way around a toolbox. This is a great website. It it, it reads out like a lovely, friendly little article. So, (laughs) when a feud erupted between him and his neighbour, Zeno, Anthemius knew exactly what to do. The architect erected several boilers of water in his house and connected them to a hose, which he fed into a small hole leading into Zeno's cellar next door. According to the 1888 magazine of Western history, when Anthemius desired to annoy his neighbour, he lighted fires under his boilers, and the steam produced by them rushed in such quantity and with such force under Zeno's floors that they were made to heave with all the usual symptoms of an earthquake. Jesus. Jesus Christ, indeed. (laughs) <laughs> Anthemius, don't fuck about Now what the hell is the Hagia Sophia um, Oh, it's like a big uh, Church and then a mosque Yes And now a museum Very oh, lovely Very famous, important Historical In landmark. Istanbul Yes, I see Seeing it now Like, I recognise it But I had no idea what it was called I think it's also one of like the the wonders you can make in Age of Empires, and that's how I heard about it. Oh, I mean, it was no, both... I, I know about culture and stuff. So it was important for both by, the Byzantines and the Ottomans. They both tried to claim it. That's just what they did, though, isn't it? Just went around like, "I'll have that." It didn't... No, it's mine. The, the, this is mine now. This is mine. I thought it was the Byzantiums. No, no, it's it's Ottoman. <laughs> have you got a flag? <laughs> Have you got a flag? <laughs> Love that bit. No, no flag, no country. <laughs> These are the rules I just made up. Yeah. <laughs> God. Colonialism. Ah, uh, the good old days. Um, Except for you are... know everyone. <laughs> everyone that wasn't part of the colonials. Even some of them probably had a rough time. The majority of them as well. Yeah. Uh, Getting stabbed by a Zulu. Yeah, the poor poor soldiers that that got sent out to go and take all the places. The poor people that were living there having their places taken. 
Oh, yeah. dear. That was an awful prank. Colonialism was an awful prank. <laughs> the British Empire, one of the worst pranks. Terrible prank. <laughs> Deary me. Oh, dear. History is wild. I don't get people that have this whole history is boring mentality about them. History is frigging amazing. History is full of absolute mad lads. Like, literally, this is history. If you think now is interesting, imagine you reading about it later. That's history, mate. If you think you're interesting and you don't think history is interesting, you're just a self-important bastard. That's my message for today's podcast. You know what's history? Us recording this by the time it actually gets released. <laughs> yeah! This is a historical document. <laughs> it's, are we technically a historical podcast now? Because we're talking about the Byzantines. Like, I don't know what you'd classify our podcast as. <laughs> We've mentioned Roman emperors, Greek um, <laughs> architects, the and Ottomans. TikTok. Ah! And mustard custard. <laughs> mustard custard. We are, we have covered every great historical <laughs> event. Oh, oh dearie me! Shall we? Shall we trot on to topic <laughs> two of this evening? Yes, we we did have a, a few extra. What what uh, what would we like to talk? So, for topic two, I was wanting each of us to tell our favourite joke. Oh, Christ, yes. Um, mostly, I just want to hear what your favourite joke is. Um, are, you, are you prepared? Oh, I'm prepared. I'm oh. very prepared. I shall let you <laughs> a crack on then, sir. I literally, I literally have one favourite joke. Um, <clears throat> what, did, um, what did the pirate say? On his 80th birthday. I matey. matey! <laughs> that is awful. Uh, it's, my, it's like my favourite thing. That's not even my favourite pirate joke. Oh no, it's so good. I matey. Did you hear it, the one? With the pirate walks into a bar with a steering wheel attached to his crotch. <laughs> and the barman says, Mate, you've got a steering wheel attached to your attached to your crotch. And the pirate says, Yar, it be driving me nuts. <laughs> oh god. Yes. Yes. Amazing. There's there's the one that you would always tell about a brave naval captain who, in the heat of battle, would tell his first mate to fetch him his red shirt so if he got stabbed or shot or injured, his, his crew would not see and they would keep fighting to the bitter end. And um, one time they were in the sea and they, 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 they came across this dreaded pirate ship. And he turned to his first mate and said, fetch me my brown trousers. <laughs> <laughs> a joke wonderfully just... done in the Deadpool movie, actually. Oh. He says, Oh, you know why I wear a red suit? It's so the bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy gets it. He wore his brown pants today. <laughs> <laughs> Very yes. Good. 
another, another amazing pirate one that completely derailed uh, our good friend Jams when he was streaming one day. <laughs> pirate walks into a bar um, with a hat made out of a folded paper towel. The barman looks it up. And goes, What's going on there? Yar, I've got a bounty on me head. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, this is some good stuff. This is a comic relief at the hour mark. <laughs> oh. I can the problem is I can never really remember a lot of jokes. But that that I'm eighty one has just stuck with me. It is. It, oh god. It's, it's, it's a classic. It's cause it's like a whole you've got to put your whole body into it. The performance. Now my oh. uh, my my favourite joke. The man man walks up to the top of a skyscraper for this new hip bar that he's heard about. And he goes in and it's actually bit shit. He's looking around. There's not many people in. One guy sitting at the bar looking horrendously depressed. So he walks up, he orders a beer. And he looks over, sees the other guy. He's sitting there with this one wee shot. And he's just sort of batting it back and forth between his fingers. And he goes, ah, fuck it. Throws back the shot. Runs for the window. Dives out. And the man just thinks to himself, what is happening? That guy's just killed himself. Why do the windows this high up even open? Why is no one (laughs) reacting? Because there's no one here. Ugh. And he doesn't know how to process this. So he just sort of turns back to his drink. Never said this guy was like a great thinker. (laughs) But he takes a few more sips of his beer. And lo and behold... The man that dove out the window walks back in, sits down next to him, and orders another shot. So our, our man here, he's in absolute disbelief. He turns what what happened? How, you just jump out that window. How are you here? And the chap next to him, he says, I don't know what it is. It's these shots. Every time I take a shot of whiskey in this place, I throw it back. I jump out the window, and I just I just float down to see. I'll I'll, sh- I'll show you. Throws the shot back, <laughs> runs for the window. The man runs over behind him, looks down, and sure enough, he zooms down towards the street, but six feet away from the ground, slows down to a gentle stop. <laughs> so he runs back to the bar. I've got to try this. I've got to try this. Orders a shot of whiskey, throws it back, runs for the window. Flies down, 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 down. Splat. <laughs> the other man walks back in the bar, has a wee laugh to himself, or orders another whiskey. The barman comes over and goes, you know, you're a real dick when you're drunk, Superman. <laughs> oh, I love that joke. It's a, it's a classic. It is a classic. Oh. Especially when people haven't heard it before, and they're just like, what's going on? Ah! Unfortunately, I've told it to like everyone I know, so there's probably not many people listening to this that are going to be surprised by the punchline. You never know. We might have randoms. Oh, my. The ever-elusive, the ever-elusive random listener. Very elusive. I think another one of my favourite jokes is the one... is Well, is the genre of joke where it goes on for about half an hour and it's got a really 
anticlimactic punchline, and it makes everyone who's paid attention for that half hour go, but Everyone that listened feels cheated. Yeah! <laughs> They're like, what? No! I'm Why have you done story. this? Oh. And you're just like, ha ha ha. Oh, it's awful. And also, I do like the, the anti-humor movement. Is it anti-humor? Yeah. Well, it's stuff like, um, uh, why, why did little Susie fall off the swing? Why? Because she, she had no arms. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not little Susie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that one's a one-two punch. That is good. Which Susie would know nothing about. Whee! Oh, God damn it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And then it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, um, like, why did little Timmy drop his ice cream? Because he had no arms. Yeah, well, that would work, but he got <laughs> hit by a bus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, again, it's the subverting of uh, expectations. It is. Because he, had, cause he humor, had no arms, it? would be. We could keep it going. You oh, just like, keep telling the same joke for hours on end, but just with different <laughs> names. Because he had no arms. <laughs> and just descend further and further into madness. Mm. Oh. Why did a chicken cross the road? Because I had no arms. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. A horse walks into the bar. Barman says, why have a long face? Horse says, because I've got no arms. I mean, and I they couldn't walk in. Horses horses walk on their arms. Oh, well, that, oh, we're getting into semantics here, aren't we? Dear, oh, dear. How, do, how do good horses wear trousers? <laughs> do, do horses have an ar- two arms, two legs, or four legs? It's a very good question. There, it is four legs, isn't it? Because they've got four, four, four legs. Hooves. Yeah, I they've mean, got four hooves, and you don't have two arm hooves and two leg hooves. I, I know. It I would, know for a fact. It would there behoove is at least you. One zoologist um, who listens to this podcast. So if we could ah. get an answer on this particular topic, that would be lovely. Thank you. Please, we must know about horses' um, physiology. Oh dear. Goodness me. This is what the people are here for. The witty banter. The witty banter. We'll never the quite make banter. it as a as comedians. Well I won't. But uh I know I know you have um had some success in the in the comedy circuit. Oh, I don't know about success. I've been I've been dabbling. You've been invited back. I'd call that good enough. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I've passed the initial not shit test, so I I'm, wouldn't go that I'm far. Passable. <laughs> well, no, my first my first gig in was in Inverness actually. My first like proper air quotes one in that um, La Tortilla, so the upper the upper room of a tapas bar in Inverness, Scotland, was like my first official comedy gig. Um, interestingly, it's where I did some. Stand up at college. We did like a comedy night in there, so it was kind of poetic. Mm. Come back and do it properly. But, you know, um, it's only a couple streets away from the weird dive bar that 
the Proclaimers got their start in. Upstairs in a back alley. <laughs> this is this is what you want. Um, but I did my stuff, and the promoter guy who was running it came up at the end and was like, "Well, now that we know you're not shit, we'll get you back." And I was like, "Hey, well, well, that was the that was the first test." <laughs> I, I did actually come to, to one of your shows in in Glasgow. Oh yeah, and when you've got one of my. When you've got a room full of people singing along to your song about BDSM, <laughs> that's how you know you're onto a winner. <laughs> oh, it's a banger! It certainly uh, is. Um, that was that was a very good show. It was it was it was such a hot room, and everyone was pissed and loving it. It was incredible. And there were no paedophiles in the room, even though you asked many times. <laughs> there were no paedophiles slash readers of the sun. And that is that is such a Venn diagram, it's a circle. Exactly. No one would admit to either one of those. <laughs> uh, that was, um, I think that was the last one of those gigs I did before this whole current predicament. Ah yes, in the before times. In the in the in the pre days, because that would have been like March or something, some February maybe something like that. I think it would have been around that time. Because um yeah, because March March was the Glasgow Comedy Festival, and I was meant to be doing like four or five different shows across it, and then coronavirus came. Oh. And I got into podcasts instead. Yeah, that took a bit of a sharp left turn. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I mean, we lasted quite a while, didn't we? Before taking the turn into podcasts and becoming like every other bored man on the planet. Yes, we must. We must podcast. It is time. We are. We are white men on the internet. Surely people must <laughs> desire our opinions. <laughs> they want. They must hear what we have to say. It's like an ancient genetic code gets awakened within you. I think we're just sitting there thinking, you know, you know who doesn't have enough representation? White males. Yes. We should, we should get ourselves this. out there and, you know, just rock the boat a bit. People don't hear enough from the straight white guy these days. And that's not fair. People need that that in uh, that representation. Well, I didn't I didn't add the straight to it cuz I'm never quite sure about you. <laughs> Outrageous! I'm playing the field. I'm trying to. I'm trying to att- gain um, fans of all varieties. I don't know. Oh my! Um, outrageous! No, um, it is outrageous. But I, I think we offer a little something more than most because we are um, vaguely interesting. I would say. I mean, I would say I am. <laughs> you I mean according to the mugs you're the funny one so well the mugs don't lie do they you porcelain cannot lie mm, it is incapable is it porcelain china, I don't think it's china oh the fine china the, <laughs> the badger fine, chef mug the fine china that vista print does <laughs> <laughs> ah the vista print fine china collection Oh my god. We should um 
we uh, we should see if anyone wants a mug. We should run like a, a, a an order as you like kind of thing, and get some mugs out to people. Yes. I don't know if that's an idea. No one, no one's asked about them. We should offer it. I think David. Do you want a mug? Point. Oh, David, actually, yes, he did. Well, we are now taking orders for mugs. <laughs> well, listen up, mugs. Do you want a mug? You can have one. Yeah. For money. Oh. Um, yeah. Because um, um, it's Christmas, isn't it? We could do something and get some money in and donate to someone that needs money. I mean, I need money, but other people mm. are more in need of money. Like me. So, so <laughs> But that's an idea. Get in yes. touch. If you, if you, I'm going to talk up close to the, to the microphone here and, and act really friendly. That's coming across creepy, I think. Very. Um, um, but yes, I'll, I'll take over here. Do you here. want a mug? Buy a, buy a mug. <laughs> so I'll, ta- you... I'll take it from here. Back in your box. See, see I, I don't need money because I have bought a proper microphone, which is what you're hearing now. And if anything, I need less money, so I'm not I'm not tempted to go like this. We'll start frightening you. So yes, pitch. If you'd like a mug, we can we'll put pictures of our mugs up on our socials. Uh, get in touch with me on said socials, uh, on Facebook or on Discord, and or you know you can get in touch with us through YouTube comments if you're psychotic. <laughs> um, the Discord, yeah, yes. Facebook's probably the best one to get in touch with us um, for that. Or probably, yeah, Discord. Discord's good. We'll make a new channel just for mug orders. You should definitely come and find the Badger Shelf Discord because it's cool. It is a crazy place where people come to be mean to us. <laughs> or is it just a prank? It's all a well-thought-out prank. Much like yes, your life up until this point. I'm, I'm doing. It's like, um, it's like being John Malkovich or something, or or Signdoc New York, or any of these weird Cronenbergy films. It's all, it's all an illusion. It's all an act. Does Truman Show? It's all that kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? People have said this to me. They've asked. They, I mean, they ask if I'm real. Um, they they <laughs> they, question, they question this. They ask if this is my real voice. So I don't understand it either. Is, um, is that your real voice? Yeah. Though? I mean, I don't know. Um, I do know, and I, I I know that I put on more of it. And when I'm like when I'm a sleepy guy, it's not as animated. But this is pretty. Yeah, this is pretty much how I talk normal day life. Um, and nine out of ten scientists are baffled, and the other one is just bamboozled. That's Dave. Um, it's, it's Dave! <laughs> you a scientist? But yeah, they... Um, the, the the media are confused. We're all, we're all quite confused at your general existence. <laughs> I exist to bamboozle. I think one of the leading theories is that you're actually two even smaller dwarves in a coat. <laughs> I could believe it. A I mean, really elaborate skin suit. Oh. 
Oh, jeez. And the bottom one is just has nothing but speakers, and that explains for the the volume that comes out of you. Oh my god. As the mug says, I am the loud one. And if you'd like a mug. If you'd like a mug. I'm yeah, I'm legit. Come and come and buy mugs, guys. Get some mugs. Everyone should have mugs. Hell yeah. They're it's very so, nice. so much better than drinking your tea out of your hands. Mm, I wouldn't recommend the tea cupping method. <laughs> tea cupping. <laughs> oh, oh dear. And they're top quality as well. The print quality is very, very impressive. It's the graphic design work that took me nearly a whole five minutes. My God. The amount of empty space and postmodern design brilliance, it'll blow your tits off. It'll be the, the hippest thing you'll possibly ever own. You can stick it on your desk at home because no one's working anymore. Um, when you return to the office, you can put it on the desk and people will go, Whoa! Who's this cool customer? And then you'll have to embarrassedly admit that you listen to this podcast. <laughs> and they'll, they'll come and check it out and be like, Oh, God. Can't uninvite them to Shirley's birthday. That is how you will lose your job. <laughs> but at least you'll have a mug. <laughs> you'll, be a, you'll be a bum with a mug. Should we stop pushing the mugs so hard? I think we've we've gone we've gotten into a rut here. <laughs> we're down we're down Shirker Lane, and we're trying to hawk these mugs. It's Why not like I we're sitting on a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a shed full of them. <laughs> Fifty thousand on the way. <laughs> we've we've desperately overestimated the popularity of this podcast. <sighs> God, we've got medical bills. All these cuts and scrapes from the broken mugs. You've had to sell all your furniture and you're sleeping on mugs. Why did I try to American Beauty on them? Nice. (laughs) It's like that scene in Breaking Bad where they... (laughs) That's deep. It's like that scene in Breaking Bad where they they lie down on a massive pile of money. (laughs) It's so anticlimactic as well. (laughs) Just I gotta try it. (laughs) I mean, imagine the quality of mattress you buy (laughs) with that pile of cash. That's gotta be much nicer than lying on the cash. Like, even a mere wad of that cash would buy you a much nicer mattress. One metric wad. A a rough handful of dollar is all you need. The the forgotten sequel to A Fistful of Dollars. (laughs) Yes. I am... I watched the... I watched A Fistful of Dollars, and then when I was home in the summer... Uh, a few dollars more was on the telly, and I watched that. That oh, was man. very good. And I didn't realise until I'd seen that one that it was part of a trilogy with the good, the bad, and the ugly being the third part. And I'd already seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I was like, fuck, what is happening? It, and yeah. that title kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like a fistful of dollars. 
for a few dollars more. What are you going to call the next one, Sergio? Hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly. God damn it. Thing is, right? Because my dad obviously had every cowboy film ever created. And I came across another one I hadn't seen called A Fistful of Dynamite that was next to A Fistful of Dollars and for a few dollars more. And I just assumed it was connected. You would, wouldn't you? You would. But um, but no, no. I discovered this in Pub Quiz a couple of weeks ago when the question came up of um, what was the third one in this trilogy? And it gave the first two. I'm like, ha, I know this one. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Bugger. It's very misleading. Oh, um, dear. It is great, though. Um, and I got I got John to watch it with me, and he was just blown away by the kind of filmmaking and like the very clever way that they made the films, and just oh, it is oh, it's it is it's incredible. Yeah, the whole spaghetti western thing took because like I'm not a big fan of traditional westerns so much. They're kind of they're pretty good, but I much prefer the spaghetti western where it kind of takes it. And it just amps everything up a notch. Yeah, and it almost it almost Tarantino's it because he's based. That's basically how he makes films. He has been so heavily influenced by spaghetti westerns. And do you know why they're called spaghetti westerns? Because they're made by Italians. Yeah, <laughs> in Italy, <laughs> just, just such a weird name. It's like ugh, <laughs> spaghetti westerns. It's, you can tell that they're from, like, the 60s with that thinly veiled bigotry. Sort of stereotyping. But, you know, I mean, why would they make it spaghetti for Italy when, as we learned from a 1957 BBC broadcast, that um, spaghetti is grown on trees in Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> to bring us full circle. Very nice. The hills are alive with the sound of spaghetti. (laughs) Oh, imagine that though. Just like pasta growing on trees and you rip off a chunk. Ooh. The macaroni shrubs are in full bloom this season. (laughs) The thought is like, ah, if you keep pruning your. Your pasta tree until it stays into a nice short shrub, you'll get macaroni. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works, isn't it? Tiny tubes. Whereas if you let it grow as long as you can, that's how you get. Uh, oh, what's the. I always forget the name of the one that's like really. really uh, thin. It's a like, like, Yeah, like angel's hair pasta. Yes, that's what the Italians Ver- call Ver- it. Vermicelli. Mmm. Angel's hair? Yeah, something like that. Really, the really, really thin, like, basket. Yeah. Next. I like tagliatelle. I think that's maybe my favourite pasta. Kind of like flat spaghetti. Yeah. I've always been a lot more of a, a fusily man. Ooh. Nice. And I like conchili as well because it holds sauce. <laughs> the little shells. We're now a pasta podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
keep taking the weirdest turns. <laughs> but we have managed to go like a whole episode without focusing on TV and movies. It is good. We, we've shown that we have other things in our wheelhouse. Or have we? Have we just been doing weird, <laughs> like the shittest episode? I don't know. Tell I think us, it's tell cool. us what you think. Tell us, please. I have enjoyed it. It's been it's been a good it's been good natter so far. This is how I pitch the podcast to people that I want to listen to it. Is I say it's basically like you're you're the third person in the room and we're just having a chat and, and we're not know, letting you get you, a word in edgeways. You, <laughs> you sit there and shut up and listen. You know, and um, and we'll see and you on like, Discord later, where you can give your opinion <laughs> after. Yeah, you are all the third silent participant in this conversation. Oh my! You know, it's um, not the natural chemistry. What's the word? Pat? No, um. Can't say patter. That's the paint patter podcast has got that. When, yeah, when you when you no when you when you build up a a repertoire. A, a, no, a rapport. A rapport. That's the one. A repertoire. <laughs> a chisel. No, a spatula. That's the one. <laughs> oh this is what god! Is, this is yeah. This is what it's based on. It's based on knowing each other for too long and being able to just. Wrench nonsense out of thin air. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're sl- quickly spiraling into in jokes. Oh dear, this is what I mean. It's um, you're sat you're sat at the table with us, and we're just chatting, catching up, shooting the shit. Yeah, and you you've uh, you've got stuck in the room with us at a party, and you can't escape because it would be rude. We're chatting next to the door, and it's the only way out. Yeah, we both stood in the doorway, and you're like, "Excuse me." You'd have to walk right between us. If I, if I could get, if I could get past, please. <laughs> and we're too busy chatting about spaghetti and macaroni bushes, tagliatelle trees, <laughs> tagliatelle trees. This is what people want. This is this is the future. Oh dear. Well, I think that's that's a sign we should wrap up the episode for this evening, I think. I had bought a special little coffee drink at work and I forgot to bring it with me at the start and that's why I'm like, oh no, yawn. Sleepy little boy. <laughs> it was a it was a tin of um Costa have brought out a a range of iced coffees and tins. A caramel latte. Um and it was on offer and I thought, well that'll perk me up. And I forgot to bring it. <laughs> you forgot to have it. So no, it did not perk you up. <laughs> it it would have. It would have done wonders. It'll, it'll do me tomorrow. We'll see. But yes, I think all this pasta talk has tuckered me out. <laughs> well, we'll call we'll call a close to the episode there. Um, but yes, that was a good a good one about jokes and pranks and pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, think, the weirdness of Eddie eating KFC. Oh boy. If you've been personally affected by any of the Eddie eating KFC imagery in this episode, don't um, let us know. We we know. You can just join the club. Every, there's a number. 
There's a number you can phone. We have a helpline. <laughs> um, and we also have a line to raise funds to buy Eddie the Gravy Boat KFC burger. Paid for by the profits of our mug enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will shirk these mugs. So help me God. Oh, I've filled a house out of them. Exactly. But yeah, thank you for listening. Get in touch. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are, we, I don't think we've got any followers. Little Caden follows us on Twitter. Twice. He's got two Twitters. That's Mad commitment lad. for you. Um, come and find us. Come and find us on Facebook, Twitter, Discord. and Have a chat. Let us know. Do you like pasta? Do you like pranks, etc.? All that social media malarkey. Come and help us become famous, Woo. and just chat because, you know, lockdown two point Woo! We Electric need we need human we need human interaction. My God, yes. Mm-hmm. But yes, thank you very much for listening, and we shall see you next time. Godspeed.